Have you ever felt paralyzed by fear and failure? As recovering perfectionists, we know exactly how that feels. Once we realize that success is impossible to achieve without failure and that fear will always be present, we broke through barriers in our lives and never looked back. That discovery turned into a true passion to share that knowledge with as many people as possible and to help you shake it up and make a change. I'm Rachel Roth. And I'm Christina Martinez. And this is The Shake Up. I have something to tell you. You have something to tell me. (laughs) What? I... You know my embarrassment in this area. Okay. I gutted my garage. No, you did not. I did. Wait, 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 wait. This when? weekend on Saturday, no. I gutted my garage and I did, I, I literally worked on it for 12 hours straight. No, wait, Rachel. Wait, no, 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 no. I, I also gutted my garage. No, you did not. <laughs> yes, I did. You did not. No, I did. I swear. I gutted my garage because I witnessed my husband in, I don't even know, pure agony, just tripping over boxes. Oh my gosh. You know, have you ever seen that reel where you throw the boxes like out in the garage? Yes. <laughs> Is and that you? That's me. Oh my gosh. I don't even break them down. I have no courtesy. <laughs> I just thought about that reel the other day because my husband does that. Oh, I don't, Derek. I'm not the one. He's the one. So I walk out <laughs> to like Dr. Pepper Zero, like <laughs> boxes in our garage. And I'm like, why? Okay. I did not clean my garage because my husband tripped over them, I strategically waited to clean my garage until my husband went out of town. Oh. Very strategic. Like an unveiling. <laughs> what did he think about this? Okay, first of all, we need a level set. Yes. If if anyone knows me, or maybe Rachel, mm-hmm. my garage is the most embarrassing thing of my house. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to embarrass me in front of mul- a multitude of people, <laughs> literally have a party. And open, just leaving my my garage wide open. Yes. It looks like seven hoarders live in there. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like my the interior of my home is it's, immaculate. Yeah, like same. I keep it clean at all times. Me too. But the and garage. What, what really did it for me was that situation. Somebody had come over to mm. swim in our pool, like some friends. Yeah. And there was a babysitter because I had a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I got home and the babysitter had left the garage open. <gasps> oh, no. And so our friends were oh, swimming in the mortified. pool and the garage was open and they had like a clear... <laughs> image a clear view of the garage and I was like mortified okay so same situation because our neighbors live right next door but our, our yeah. houses are like you know we each have a couple acres but the neighbors to the right of us yeah they probably hate us yeah like honestly it's like such a lovely home and then you see my garage so sometimes you just everyone has skeletons in their closet yeah and ours is our garage I I did half of the garage I got the Me first too. half done and <laughs> now Derek half. and I have attacked the second half because he was so impressed with my work. Mm-hmm. He was truly, I wasn't a at home. Plus. Me and the boys were at Costco Gold uh, star. when he got home from his trip <laughs> and he got home and he called and goes, who did this? The garage she fairy, was. darling. <laughs> it's me. The garage fairy, also known as your wife. Yeah. Your wife. And his, uh, he called his dad. He actually FaceTimed his father to show him. And his dad said, oh my gosh, I am so jealous. And I said, this is, you should be so grateful your son is married to Rachel Ross. Honestly. Because I am like a woman on a mission. Honestly, uh, by the way, this is such a side note, but the fact that you married a man with like the last name Roth, mm-hmm. Rachel Roth has such a ring to it. Does it? Like you could totally be a movie star. Maybe that's your path. 
forward. Oh, I, I, tr yes, uh, absolutely. Rachel Roth. I 100% think that that is not my path, but uh, but I think that's an adorable thought. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd be really good at that. Well, wait, I have to tell you really quick. Yes. So Eric, my unveiling for my garage was, I was like, give me your keys. Eric's like, why? I was like, just give them to me now. <laughs> he was like, go inside. And my my surprise was I pulled his truck in the garage. Oh my and so it was like 11 o'clock at night. Mm. I'm like, babe, come out here. And he's like... He's like, you've He's never like, been more beautiful. You? <laughs> you've never been more beautiful. He sends a picture to his mom, like, mommy. <laughs> I love my wife even more than I did earlier today. <laughs> that uh, is incredible. I know. What we do for our husbands. Okay. It is now time what? for me oh, yeah. to interview you, That's Christina right. Martinez. Christina it Martinez. It is time. It is time. Ooh. Okay. Let's do it. So here's what I want to know. Christina okay. and I met. She's an incredible businesswoman. She, I've learned so much from her in the in the business world. Um, and then j I just j like the list could go on and on and on. But here's what I want to know. I want to know what was the moment in your life mm -hmm. that made you want to shake it up shake and change up. your circumstances. Yeah. What What was it? Well, if you haven't listened to episode one. We talked about this for you, and mm -hmm. our stories are very similar in that it truly, truly was the fact that once I held my son Henry in my hands, I had full intentions, full intentions to go back to work. Really? Yes. Even through your pregnancy? Even through my pregnancy. Wow. Yes. Because I really did love my boss at the time. Yeah. And I still do. He's a great guy. Right. And... Um, I, I just made all these promises. I said, I will come back. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I manage 14 people. You just, just don't leave people high and dry, you know? And even though in my gut, my whole life, I kind of thought I would be at home with my kids. You know, like my mom stayed at home with us until we went to kindergarten and like my, my grandma and everybody, everybody did that, right? And my family. And so I thought deep down, I think I knew I, w I wouldn't. But long story short, it's crazy. So I was... In month three of my maternity leave, I actually took like two months paid, one month unpaid. I didn't really care. I just wanted to be with Henry. Right. right. And then I was sitting there and I just started sobbing to Eric. I was like, I don't want to go back to work. I We had a nanny lined up. And he goes, you know, it's going to be okay. It's just going to be a new change. You can do this. You know, it'll be a great balance for you. Because I think I think Eric knew that I needed to work mm -hmm. to have a balance. Right. In some, some capacity. And three days... Before I was supposed to go back on maternity leave, you know, keep in mind, this is COVID. This is the height of COVID. I didn't set that up very well. So this is April 2020. We all went into lockdown in like Mar March, April. And they call me, my boss calls me, and they say that the company is going bankrupt. Yeah. The whole company is oh going bankrupt. It's a national and nationwide company. And um, I'm let go. My my team is let go. Hundreds of others are let go that I don't even know their first, first names. And I'm a little bit upset, wow, yeah. <laughs> but mostly just elated because wow. I don't have to go back to work anymore. I was like, oh, oh, what a shame, yeah. you know, but I'm deep down. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's my what company the had called, was. yes, if my, I would have been like, yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
So, so you know, it took the next couple months to just chill and spend time with Henry and really figure out what I'm doing. And I, I nursed Henry. I know that you like we've talked about this. Like mm-hmm. nursing your babies is like such a blessing. Yeah. Don't but- don't actually get me around your baby because I might try to nurse it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I will not try to nurse your baby. I but will I, yeah. not quote the the line from Meet the Parents. <laughs> I will don't. not. Please don't. Um, but like I love everything to do with motherhood. I yeah, really do. It's it's amazing. So, but you know, with that comes staying up at night. Mm-hmm. So I'm up in the middle of the night. I have no job. I It's the middle of COVID. I haven't left my house in like months because I'm afraid to go to the grocery store. I'm wiping down all of my groceries. Right. And the moment I decided to shake it up was I realized I wanted to change, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And all of these businesses were closing because they didn't know how to perform um, in an e-commerce space. And a lot of people don't know this. Um, if, if you do follow my company, it's it's a, a small boutique uh, Ushak um, company, and I design Ushak's hand-knotted rugs with my vendors in India. But I started with furniture, and I found a hole. I found that there were companies that were for, that were closing because they didn't know how to take their their business that was primarily in store and put it on ecom. So I went and sought out vendors in India to do furniture, bone inlay, marble, like really beautiful statement pieces. And then I was like, well, these Ushaks are kind of taking off. I should probably get into that. And that's how that's when I decided to sh- shake, shake, shake it up. I got to be honest. When you say the words like oh, I just had to go find these vendors in India. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> um, you just lost me. Like my, my mind is oh my blown. Gosh. I just wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know where to start. That's I mean, sweet. how yeah. did you know where to even start with that process? Had you, had you, had, had somebody shown you how to do this? How did you know? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know how to start. I just started. Um, but I will say I had a lot of mentors in my life. Like I have to give credit to them. The men in my life before I met my husband, like when I was a child and impressionable, every man in my life, my grandfather, my pa, my dad, they were all entrepreneurs. And I will never forget my pa. He's now passed. He owned a multitude of domestic companies. Like he distributed Pepsi. He had a golf course. He did packaging and uh, plastics and all these things. And he was really, really impressive. And uh, he said to me, Christina, do not be, do not be a, a big fish in a small pond. And for some reason, that just resonated with me. And so I saw, obviously, the opportunity, but I knew that my margin would be really small if I decided to do this in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I I did know someone in India that connected me with some vendors. And I'm not going to lie, the first couple of rugs that I got, I put them down on my floor. You know, I waited the four months like everybody else. Sucks to wait that long. And you put them down, and I lived with them and saw if the product was good. And some of them were horrible. They, like, unraveled. (laughs) Like, they're like yeah, straight up. And then, you know, after eight months of testing, the product I I you know I was like okay these are my vendors these are the people that I'm going to use because they're reliable they can match color all the things so I think if you're a person that are that is seeking a, a new business model is you just have to go after it and you have to use your resources available there are a lot of websites that I didn't use this but there's like indiamart.com um and if you know someone you know like what so, something amazing about our country is that we are a melting pot mm-hmm. so if you know someone that is from India there there probably is some some way or any country for that matter that can connect to you. Wow. And I think that's the I best advice. I never really thought about that. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always some connector. Like, you know, my husband and I were talking and there are people in South Africa that are known for, you know, their, um, what do they call them? The hides, like the the, the hides that yeah. you see at the rodeo and everything. Right. So you just never know. You I just never know. I have a couple know. of those. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in Texas. So yeah, you have to have those. Very, yeah. Yeah. I don't have any... Um, 
animals on my walls, though. No animal no, has um, uh, mounted on our walls either. Taxidermy? Yeah. yeah no. no animal. Nope. There's yeah. none of that. So I think there are no fish. There are no animals of any kind. <laughs> yeah, me either. But use your resources and, you know, don't be afraid to ask because I think people are always willing to help. Yeah. You never know. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So what was the biggest struggle or failure mm-hmm. that you faced early on that made you second guess your decision? And was it that, was it the unraveling of the rugs? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> will I ever get a, a, a quality product? Like, yeah. what, what would you say? Do you remember a time where you were like, gosh, I, I think maybe I've made a giant mistake here. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I, I remember very, very vividly. It wasn't the unraveling of the rug, which by the way, still, I have some really strange attachment to this thing. It's still there. It's not completely unraveled, but I'm just like, you know, it's there. I just covered it with yeah. a chair. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody needs to know. But it's actually a good example to show people like you have to take the time to, to know your product and make sure that it's quality. Um, the moment that I, that I really was afraid of failure was the shipping process. Mm. It still is the death of me Mm. still. So I, um, you know, I, I had to get a container of furniture and I had to ship over, um, fabric for this upholstered, this, these upholstered goods. And they took eight weeks to get the fabric and it was lost in customs somewhere in like New Delhi. And I was on the phone every single day. And I thought, how am I even going to streamline this process? Mm-hmm. How am I going to meet my client's expectation, expectations that shipped over Schumacher fabric that was right. like $1 billion? Right. And that's when the moment I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, there were many, many tears. And I still have issues with shipping. It's yeah. it's really quite the conundrum. Like if somebody could solve my shipping problems, I would pay them a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like actually, you guys, I actually did you did I tell you this? I contacted. I was so mad the other day. Things get lost in the mail, right? Right. It happens. It's not a reflection on any particular person. It's just the billion dollar franchise. I was so mad over the weekend. I emailed the CEO of FedEx. You did. Did you get a response yet? I, I did. Yeah. I sure did. And I explained to him the the amount lost. And obviously, I insured all of these items. <laughs> did you yeah. get a response yet? You were going to bust me for that. Yes, I did. No, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm so impressed. Well, no, I emailed him like a nut job. And I said, you know, this is my problem. Mm-hmm. I really want, I really want as a small business owner to follow a standard of procedure. Please tell me what that standard of procedure is. Yeah. And um, he reached out. We talked on the phone for like two seconds, and then he handed me off to someone else. And I've been in contact with him every day. The CEO of FedEx. Yeah, we were friends now. Called you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Respond. Yeah. I, yeah. I have swear. to tip my hat. I can't believe that to this FedEx. happened. That is impressive. Actually, incredible. I know. I'm, I'm in shock. I know. I am too. And it really says a lot about the company. Because it really does. Competitors. I'll tell you right this. I can't really say the competitor's name. I'm uh-huh. slander I them. think everybody can imagine who the who competitors of FedEx are. They don't do that. They don't. <laughs> no, Interesting. No. Yeah. So I emailed them, and they're coming up with. Uh, a standard of procedure that I can follow because you guys, this these rugs are like a dead body. Like, I mean, maybe maybe the people that work at FedEx don't want to pick them up and ship them. I'm not sure. Wow. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's so that's, man, that's, that's that's incredible. Okay. So overcome. The, I think the lesson there is you you can't be afraid to ask, and you always have to overcome like the stigma that the CEO of FedEx may or may not email me back or whatever the case is, right? Like he, he puts his pants on the same way we do. He absolutely does. And that's just so interesting because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting myself in your shoes and I'm thinking, I don't think emailing the CEO of <laughs> FedEx would, would 
ever crossed my mind. And I'm, I've got some gumption. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and I don't think that would cross my mind. I, you, you know, this is why, this is why I appreciate you so much. Ugh, you craziness. truly, yeah. You give me so many ideas and you push me. Wait, That's, I have to tell you though. What? When I was a little girl, I walked, do you remember the store, the limited two? Oh, absolutely. I remember that. Yeah, I was just absolutely. looking at it. I was like, do you remember that? Absolutely. The butterfly clips, oh, the yes. glitter, oh, the lip yes. gloss. 13 going on 30. It was like the yes. younger version that, of the limited. Yeah. Right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Like the teen brand. Yep. Well, I received a gift from the limited two and I didn't have the receipt. And I was with, I don't know, junior high, maybe, no, elementary school. I was with my Mimi. And she's like, well, just so you know, honey, you're probably going to get store credit for that. I was like, no, I'm going to get cash, Mimi. I'm going to get cash. Let's go in. And she was like, okay, I'll come with you. No, Mimi, it's probably best if you just sit there. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I didn't talk to her like that. I was like, no, Mimi, it's okay. I want to go into limited two and see if I can get cash back for this. And she said, out I marched with cash, probably like 12 bucks, you know, like I think we went and got like an Auntie Anne's pretzel afterwards, but you have to have that mentality. And I think that I always have. And I mean, you have to do things with kindness, but right. Yeah. So, yeah. so similarly, when I was a child, mm, we, yeah. uh, my, my twin sister and I, we all, I've got three sisters and we all went to a little private school, mm-hmm. but my twin sister and I were best friends with another set of twins coincidentally that lived up oh, the street. And yeah. those twins went to a public school and that public school had fundraisers okay. and we were so jealous because we did <laughs> not have those same fundraisers. Because we, when they would get the opportunity to go door to door to sell popcorn, I would literally, it was Jennifer and Julie were their names, Rachel and Rebecca and and Jennifer Jennifer and Julie. Julie. I would take that catalog and I would, they would stand at the curb uh-huh. and they would watch me march my little self up to each door and ring the Did you the sell their product Oh, them? I sold all their product. I, they won like every fundraiser because, like, I got you, boo. yeah, I loved it. I was like, you guys, I got this. I got, y'all don't have to say a word. You just stand right here on the curb. They were scared to even walk up to the door. Oh they would stand at the curb and watch me go. And I would go door to door That's to door adorable. to door. As a very young child, right. elementary school. So you and I, I just had something in us, uh, clearly. <laughs> little that, fire inside. Right? Wow. A little Rachel, I would pay for that. That's really great. Okay. So if you could go back now mm-hmm. to to the, the beginning of your journey mm-hmm. and give yourself advice, mm-hmm. what would that be? Yeah. You know, I haven't thought about this that much, but it, it it's just so obvious to me. I, this is so embarrassing to admit. It is so embarrassing to admit. Listen, it's, we're family here. Yeah, we are. Just tell us. I really, in the beginning of this, my goal was to be an influencer. Was it really? Yes. Yes. I was like, I have all the tools that I need to be an influencer. And I tried so hard. It was so obvious. Like I look back and I'm like, ooh, cringe moment. And Eric, my husband, gave me the best piece of advice. He's like, can you just not do this for everybody else? Can you just do this for yourself? Hmm. Can you display your product and not our home? Because I think people would rather see the product then, then, you know, everybody else, everybody else is trying to uh, be an influencer. Now, Rachel, I mean, honestly, you are, you have a hundred thousand followers. You never micro, micro (laughs) person on the big scale of things. Okay. If you're micro, I'm like an amoeba, (laughs) but like, honestly, I know, I know that you never really sought out to do that. No. And I think it just happens naturally. And so my biggest advice to myself is don't do something for others. You have to, you have to build whatever you're trying to build for yourself. 
And that was the difference. And, and I think that primarily why, even though, you know, I only have what, like not even 5,000 followers, I've supplemented my income and I've made this happen mm -hmm. because I'm being honest to myself and I'm sharing, you know, my, my goofy side. Did you see the other day I put a bag on my head and look like Toad from Mario Kart? I, I did not see that. It's probably I, for the best. I, <laughs> but I do, I do want to piggyback that with, because I know you and you said, don't do this for others, do this. Like, but in the sense that don't do this for other people's approval exactly. or buy-in. Thank you. And yes. what, what I have seen you evolve into mm -hmm. is everything you do brings value. Mm -hmm. um, and it brings value to your customers and it brings value to your audience on Instagram. Sure. Um, and, and any other platform that you're on, but it's you, because you're bringing value, that's what people want. You're right. And you know, obviously I'm showing a rug in a home that I've custom designed for an individual. But then also I'm like, this is how you style a bookshelf. Mm -hmm. This is how you pick the right rug right. size for your dining room, whether or not you get it from me, by the way, three feet on all sides. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you have to, like you were saying, you do have to provide value because otherwise people are just going to keep scrolling. Yeah. And, um, that, that would be the biggest piece of advice to myself is don't do, don't, do anything for the approval of others. Do it for yourself mm -hmm. and for the betterment of your company or your family or whatever your goal is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So how do you view the world differently now mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur than you did as an employee? Yeah. Well, I think that now I appreciate how much harder I have to work. I think that I was always a little bit of a hustler but I didn't use my time wisely. Mm. And so when I'm working, I really try to squeeze every little bit of time that I can when I'm alone and, you know, when I'm not with my children so that I can be efficient and help somebody accomplish what they want for their home um, or, you know, whether I'm making a reel so that it is providing value. I think that a lot of times I get distracted by my phone. And so I do view the world differently and that I'm using my time more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And I, and with that comes with a sense of, um, what's the word, a, a sense to actually produce mm -hmm. and, um, be able to help others and my family, you know, by creating a product that can be used in many, many different situations. So it's just, it's twofold, you know, it's helping others, helping my family, and then using my time wisely. Because yeah. I think, you know, being social, do you feel like this, that you get distracted? Do you feel... On social media? Yes. Uh, never. <laughs> you don't yes. scroll for hours and hours? <laughs> yes. You could get sucked into that vortex it's really so bad. quick. Yeah. If I don't have my phone in another room, mm -hmm. I can't get anything accomplished. Really? Yeah. I cannot. Interesting. I can't cook dinner. I can't clean my house. Like, I have to actually... I, I put my phone on the opposite side of my bed now. Because I feel like otherwise I'm just wasting time. So I view the world differently because I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm using time more efficiently. Hmm. And every, every minute with my kids is such a blessing. Yeah. Like my kid, Henry and I just like kicked the soccer ball around in his room for 30 minutes last night. My phone was, I don't even know where. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that when you're working full time, you, you don't, you don't have that perspective. You're like, well, I'm going to take an hour for lunch right. and then I'm going to go have a meeting and talk for 35 minutes. Right. And then like, maybe I'll check things off my list. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't have that luxury when you work for yourself. Right. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest things for me as an entrepreneur and the way that I look at the world differently is that I, I, 
exactly what you said about the FedEx CEO. <laughs> yeah. He puts his pants on one leg at a time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just like us, right? And so I think what I've realized is that there is a a human aspect Mm -hmm. that every single person that is out there that is succeeding at a high level as an entrepreneur is a human being with, with flaws, with faults, with it, but they're, they're willing to fail forward every single time and put themselves out there and risk getting egg on their face and risk, you know, risk looking silly sometimes. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it is very interesting. So you view the world as everybody who's just trying to accomplish their own goal is they're, they're just a person. They're like yours is more outward. And I feel like mine was a little bit more, a little bit more inward because I feel like I was always seeking the approval of others. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. I think I, I assumed that people who were succeeding as entrepreneurs, when I had, I grew up with, with parents that were, uh, my dad always has always worked for in corporate America, which is fantastic. And it has, it has given him an incredible life. And there's so many wonderful things about corporate America, but because I, you know, my dream was like, I'm going to, I'm going to climb that corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. That's the dream is, is to, is to be the, a, a corporate executive yeah. at a, at a corporation, yeah. you know? Um, and I thought that was kind of the ultimate. And so when I would look at people on the outside succeeding on their own, mm-hmm. I assumed that they had some sort of magic ability mm-hmm. that I didn't have. Interesting. And so, uh, it's been pretty eye opening to see that it's actually not, no, it's case. not that case at all. Yeah. No, you just have to have the right practices in place to achieve your goals. Yeah. 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 That it's actually possible for anybody and everybody to do but I mean we need employees also in this world so it's not it's It's not not like we're all built to To do do that you know and so we still need we need things to to work a certain way but anyway it's uh it's been an interesting journey yeah I'm blessed I feel blessed to be able to do that so yeah yeah well thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom this has been incredible to learn from you um, and thank you so much for listening. Give us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Follow us at the shakeup.podcast or on our personal or business accounts. Um, mine is at Rachel underscore R underscore Roth. There's a lot of underscores in that. <laughs> Rachel underscore R underscore Roth. And mine is at palindrome underscore home. Y'all, a palindrome is something that's forward and backwards. Yeah, explain that to us yeah. real quick. Okay. What is a palindrome? Uh, a palindrome in is something that is the same when you spell it forward and backwards. Like maybe it's a numerical series, like one one one, or maybe it's a name. Like I think the name Hannah is a palindrome. It, it, my sister's Hannah. Oh yes. yeah, there yes. you go. Yeah, and my wedding date is a palindrome eight one eight one eight. Oh wow! And so I chose palindrome because you know my wedding date was just fluke. But then when I was a little girl. We always um, said, I love you. Mm-hmm. And we say the three ones, like we would just say three ones, love you. And so my logo actually has the three ones in it. So that's why I chose palindrome. Aww. So palindrome underscore home. If I told you how many times a day I had to spell it, yeah, I, I, maybe I would have, maybe I would have rethought my it's choices. It's pretty like, it's pretty phonetic though. Like yeah. if you, if you sound it out, palindrome. That's so pretty, true. Yeah. Yeah. You got this. You got this. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.